Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Wednesday. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. A great selection of pre-owned inventory. And a great service department that is there with the diagnostics, with the inspections, with all the routine maintenance. And a sales staff that is not just there for the sale, but it's there for you. It's all part of the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And of course, we all know what SMC stands for. Sunbury Motor Company, selling more cars, satisfying more customers. With that comes the need for many great behind-the-scenes employees for that great service department. They need more due to the busy business that a 107-year-old dealership has earned. They look. They are looking for entry-level and experienced technicians to work in their quick lane, car light truck service, heavy truck service, body frame and alignment, and towing departments. Whether you are an experienced technician, an entry-level technician looking for your first job, or someone looking for a career change, they would love to hear from you. Stop by in person. Apply online at sunburymotors.com, or you can call Todd at 286-7746. We have a monster show coming up today, really to close, really for the rest of the week, but today especially. CBS Sports College Football Insider Dennis Dodd at 335. SEC on CBS's Brad Nessler at 406. Of course, you'll call the game with Gary Danielson on Saturday afternoon between Penn State and Auburn. And then at 4.35 today, we have the voice of the Auburn Tigers. So looking forward to that. Coming up today at 4.35 to talk all things Auburn, go behind enemy lines. Looking forward to talking to uh, Andy Burcham about that, the voice of Auburn at 4.35 today. Tomorrow, we have our high school football roundtable for week four at 3.35. And then Ernie Accorsi, former Penn Stater himself, former NFL GM, will join us at 4.06 tomorrow. Looking forward to that. And the King is going to join us tomorrow to do the picks for the week. So, there we go. Looking forward to that. And, of course, as always, if you have any questions leading up to this Auburn game, we always want to hear from you. 1-800-795-9565. Steve Jones at WKOK.com. Or, of course, you can hit us up on social media. 
far as the game goes, I, I like Penn State a lot in this game. I know it's a tough environment to go to. They're gonna, I didn't realize they're actually the first Big Ten team overall to play at Auburn. But they are. I know you got the, the travel logistics. That's kind of a pain. But I just think they're a flat-out better football team right now. The running game is going to definitely give a little bit of a challenge to Penn State. But really, that Auburn offense has nothing else. So if Penn State is as aggressive as they were, say, in the Purdue game, they have a good chance, I think, to shut down, completely shut down this Auburn offense. I really do. But we'll see how it plays out Saturday, of course. Tailgate show at 2. Kickoff at 3.30. Right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, WKOK.com, and the SBC app. And speaking of that, we'll have uh, Dennis Dodd on today. So the SEC has now directed Georgia and Tennessee to postpone their football series with Oklahoma, given Oklahoma's upcoming conference move. It was scheduled for... Well, check that. And of course, Oklahoma and Texas are scheduled to join the SEC in 2025. So they announced today it directed Georgia and Tennessee to postpone, it says that in quotation marks, scheduled games with Oklahoma because the Sooners are on their way to the SEC. Its reasoning is the second game in each series was to take place after Oklahoma joins the conference. And that led the SEC to the next Georgia's game in Oklahoma next season, Oklahoma's game in Tennessee in 2024. And, of course, this is there's been a lot of speculation surrounding when Oklahoma and Texas could join the, the uh, SEC, maybe sooner rather than later. Still really no indication, according to Dennis Dobb when he tweeted this out earlier today. We'll see if we get more info from him about this. But that has at least been done that the SEC has directed... Georgia and Tennessee to postpone its scheduled games with Oklahoma with them joining in 2025. So, that's interesting, I guess, as far as that plays out. What? What's interesting? This thing with uh, the SEC telling Georgia and Tennessee to postpone their home-and-home home oh. series with Oklahoma. Yep. We'll talk to Dennis about that. We have Dennis on the show. Because, you know, you're looking at... that mean they're looking around saying we can negotiate our way out of the grant of rights? Could very well be it. Good. In other words, you're, you're going to take the idea of future earnings... To get out of it. I think in the end that's probably what they're talking about. We'll see. We'll see. In fact, I'd tell them to keep them on the schedule with the idea they'd become conference games. Right? That would make more sense to me. 
That's what that's what the uh, Big Ten did with Rutgers. Penn State, when Rutgers came in, Penn State played the third game of the season. It was already a pre-scheduled non-conference game. And all they did was make it a conference game in 2014. And the same thing in 15. When Penn State went there in 15, the one where Christian hit Bill Belton for the touchdown late, that was also supposed to be a non-conference game. You know what the irony is? You know who replaced, who Rutgers replaced on the non-conference schedule? Nebraska. <laughs> That's funny. Right. So, yeah. You always get interesting stuff like that that happens. Your guy had a couple big home runs last night. Yes, sir. Somebody, somebody at TBS needs to figure out how to spell Jimmy Fox and Hank Greenberg. Because right now, Aaron Judge is not in third place in the history of the American League. He's in fifth. Right, yes. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm talking about giving... It's important to give just due to those who have already accomplished it. Hank Greenberg and Jimmy Fox both hit 58. Fox with the Philadelphia A's, Greenberg with the Tigers. They both hit 58 home runs. In fact, Greenberg had a 59th home run wiped out because of a rainout. Hit the 59th home run, or whatever he hit it during the course of the year. right? And the game got stopped because of rain, and it wasn't an official game, so it didn't count. But don't start doing this. Maris is 61, Ruth has 60, and what has he got now, 57? Right. Right. That's that's good. That That's accurate. But what about Greenberg and Fox? They don't deserve to be on the list? Yes, had it on their graphics. You know, TBS did not, and most others have not. So... Uh, let's give credit where credit's due. Eventually, Judge will pass both of them. He may tie them tonight. And the next year when he's with the Mets. No, that's not what you wanted to hear. No, senor! No, senor! No, senor! You'll blame Brian Cashman. Um, yes. It's not his money, man. And the Steinbrenners. Everybody I mean, in the not, front office. It's not Brian Cashman's money. Everybody in the front office gets a piece of the blame pie for that one, if that were to happen. And you would be consumed with... It would be a tough day for you. Yeah, it would be. It would be one of the five most entertaining shows we've ever had. I wouldn't have to say anything to torture you. <laughs> I wouldn't have to say a word to torture you. But I, I really do think 
I don't think the Yankees are going to fully collapse and not win the division now, but especially especially since they were able to win two out of three against Tampa. But I still think if they don't at least get to the ALCS, I don't think Aaron Judge is coming back to the pinstripes. I really don't. Look, if they get if they're a first round elimination in the playoffs and the Yankees offer more money, he's staying in the, with the Yankees. <laughs> the, the, I mean, the don't put anything on the winning part. That doesn't mean anything to these guys. Come on, let's be serious. Okay, you get to the American League Championship Series, you think, oh, you know, I think I'll stay. Not if that dude over there offers more money. That's not how these guys operate. Come on. You can't put anything on, well, well, what? <laughs> well, I'm also given the fact that, you know, the Yankees have nothing. gone the cheaper route, too. It means nothing. Doesn't mean anything. Why do you think Mike Trout stayed with the Angels? They gave him $36 million a year. Sort of made the sort of made it easier. I mean, the Nationals won the World Series after Bryce Harper left. Why do you think Bryce Harper left? No, I get he that. More, but the Yankees he got have, more money. They, the Yankees have already have been gun shy. Oh, don't give me this like all the you know the legacy and blah 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 blah. They don't care about that. Jeepers, cats. Of course <laughs> they don't do- now. But what I'm saying is, if they have if you have two fairly even big mega deals from the Yankees and the Mets or Dodgers, whoever, I'm saying he might go somewhere else for that reason. Because I think the Yankees will up the ante a little bit. But I I don't know. Look, they'll sign with the Yankees. You'll be happy. Then he'll feel a twinge. In fact, repeated twinges. He'll become Giancarlo Stanton, and you'll be depressed. At least he'd still be in pinstripes. But yeah, that yeah, wouldn't be not, ideal. He's, if he's not if he's not playing, you're not going to be happy. Well, no, but at least at least I know at he's least, on my team what? still. Okay, like at a hundred games a year. Very impressive in last year's playoffs, I thought, when he went uh, what, one for four total. <laughs> How many times was Babe Ruth walked intentionally when he hit 60 home runs? Probably not many. Zero. Yeah. Why? He had Luke Gehrig hitting behind him. How many times was Roger Maris intentionally walked when he hit 61 home runs? Probably none. Because Mickey Mantle yeah. hit behind him. How many times do you think Judge is going to be walked with Giancarlo Stanton behind him, especially after the fourth inning? There's never be anybody afraid of. And I'm not joking. Look, look at his numbers. Honest to goodness, after the fourth inning, he is ordinary beyond ordinary. And I'm not. That's not a joke anymore. He's going to get walked left and right in key games because they don't fear the guy in back of him. Well, that's why I'm surprised he hasn't been walked now. 
Uh, 17 times he's been intentionally walked. 17 times. Including last night in the 10th inning, he got intentionally walked. So that was number 17. Labor Torres has been tremendous for you. Yes, he has. In the in the last month. About time he has been consistent. Right, but he has been great. He's the second best bat in your lineup right now. And I don't care I don't care how many home runs Giancarlo Stanton hit with the with the Marlins. He is no threat in this situation right now. None. Oh, I totally agree. He had some like little league style at bats last night that I thought were just flat out embarrassing. I mean, it didn't bother me when they walked Judge. The only thing that bothered me was watching familiar pitch to him. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, throw him a strike, will you? Just, just humor me. Throw him near the plate. Let's just start there. Then I can picture you in the bottom of the 10th inning freaking out when Peralta threw the wild pitch that went into the seats. Yeah, I wasn't thrilled about that. Do you want us to call Lisa and find out what words you used? Actually, no, because she was asleep. You probably woke her up. Almost did. Sad. Sad. Dennis Dodd, next half hour, right? Is that how we're doing it? Dennis Dodd, next half hour? Yes, sir. And then uh, Brad Nessler, 406, and Andy Burcham, final half hour? That's our lineup. Decent show today. All right. Great to have you with us on the show. Brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Roots 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf Online, SunburyMotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, all with great warranties. Great pre owned inventory with Sunbury Motors guarantee. Fabulous service department, and they're looking for even more awesome technicians. Experience, entry level, someone looking for a career change, they would love to hear from you. Stop by in person, apply online at sunburymotors.com, or call Todd at 286-7746. Matt actually believes that somebody would stay with the Yankees because it's the loyal thing to do. No, Matt, they'll stay with the Yankees because they offered more money. Not really the loyalty, it's more of the chance to win. Okay, you haven't won in 13 years, so what have you won? I mean, he can go other places and win. He can go to Houston and win. He can go to the Mets and win. I mean, the Mets are are really good. He can go across town. They offer more money. He can go to the Braves and win. He can go to the Dodgers and win. There are a lot of places he can go and win, you know. I know. If they're right there, you know, they still add a couple pieces. Maybe they put that in part of the talks. They do incentives with the contracts. They do all these sorts of things. I mean, the other teams could do that, too. It's really down to the money. All right. I hear you. 
I mean, I don't think he's going to Seattle. But no. either way, it will still be one of the biggest failures in Yankees franchise history if they do not resign this guy. No, you've had playoff failures that are bigger. All right, uh, that's all right. It's, it hasn't been a good century so far. Uh, so <laughs> you're you're dying on the vine over there, aren't you? You're dying on the vine. I can tell. They need to listen to you, the voice of the fan. All right. So let's bring in Dennis Todd now from CBS. Dennis, great to have you with us. Welcome back. I am good, Steve. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for asking. Great uh, column you wrote on the transfer quarterback because last year when Penn State played Michigan, we're doing the pregame show, and somebody asked about the use of two quarterbacks, McCarthy and McNamara. Now, it turned out in the game they didn't play McCarthy. And I made the comment. I said, look, I'm not there. I said, my guess is they're trying to keep McCarthy from transferring. Uh, I said, that's just from 30,000 feet. You wrote about the same thing. I mean, how difficult now is it for people to manage in this culture of transfers? Well, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches when you've got two good quarterbacks like a Michigan, like Ryan Day continually has had at Ohio State. It just it requires some deft manipulation in that this, I mean, the Michigan situation is one, frankly, I've never seen before. You've got a team captain. I don't think a quarterback has ever been a team captain under Harbaugh. who led the team to the Big Ten title and a playoff vote through for whatever it is, 383 yards against Michigan State is not good enough. Um, and I think you know, at, at every school, the next guy up is always the most desired. But J.J. McCarthy is the five-star. He's the better-rated quarterback. You got hints of him last year. Har- Harbaugh did go out of his way to give him a series of snaps every game. And he really directed the, directed the battle this year, and then he extended it into the season – and Penn had each quarterback start a game, and he made a decision for this week. He and UConn were going to meet JJ McCarthy. It's it it, hint, it hints at you know what a ruthless and bottom line situation it is in college as it is in the NFL. Because now, if you're Cade McNamara, what do you do? Right. You know, I, I think he's got to transfer. It just becomes a question of when. No, I agree with you. Forty forty eight percent of FBS starting quarterbacks are transfers, which is. A remarkable well, number. In the, yeah, in the last 20 years, which is, you know, since the beginning of the century, uh, I did 20 years, that's 100 players, five each year from 24-7. 46%, almost half, has transferred. In 2016, every one of them transferred. The top five ended up transferring. That ended up being everybody from Shea Patterson, from Ole Miss to Michigan, to Malik Henry, who is really now an afterthought at Kilwater State, he ends up being a centerpiece on um, Last Chance U. Um, and, and since 18, Steve, since the transfer portal was instituted, half of those quarterbacks have transferred. Yeah. I mean, Penn State's going to play Auburn, for example. Finley, LSU. Ashford, Oregon. Calzada, yep. Texas A&M. That's their quarterback room. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. This will be a week where Nebraska plays Oklahoma. No Scott Frost. 
Look, when it and you wrote the column, it, it this was the slam dunk hire. Why didn't? Why hasn't it worked? Why didn't it work? I, you know what? I don't know if I know the answer because I, I was one of those in five years ago, hook, line, and sinker. I, I had covered Scott Frost when he won a national championship back in the nineties. Um, he he knew the culture. I don't have to tell you he was a perfect fit. I don't. He's gone thirteen and zero at UCF in his right. prep job. I, I don't know. Um, I, you know, it, it suggests that it's a bigger job there than people thought, and I think it is a bigger job. Uh, if for no other reason, uh, remember this, Steve. Figure this out. I think everybody's forgotten the Big Ten, along with the other conferences, are going to go to one division now to match right. the two best teams in the, for playoff purposes. You know, to get the two best teams mm-hmm. ready for the playoff. Okay. Right. Um, Nebraska goes from well, you know, can we get good enough? to go to a bowl, then can we beat Iowa, then can we beat Wisconsin and maybe win the division, then we're playing for the title, to now, the next guy, year after year, the standard is getting into the top two to play for the Big Ten title, guess who the top two are, hasn't changed since Woody Hayes and Bo Schembeck was there Michigan and Ohio State, Nebraska is nowhere near those groups and that's going to be a big problem for a fan base that expects you know, yep. and forgets that they're a state of 1.8 million people. I mean, they, I mean, they don't have a natural recruiting area. They don't, and they lost their way when they left the Big 12 for the Big 10. Now, I'm not saying they should be back in the Big 12 because the money's the money. Right. But it had – Nebraska had recruiting grounds. They went to California. They went to New Jersey. They went to Texas. The Big 12 opened up Texas. Huge. Yep. For Nebraska, Missouri too. They suffered from that when they went to the SEC, and so now you, you can't answer that question. Where do they recruit? Well, they they don't have a natural recruiting ground. They change coaches so much in philosophy, they don't really have it. So it, they they lost their way in that they're now just this Western outpost in a league that's centered in Chicago and New York. They're going to be they whatever this means. They're the closest team to USC and UCLA, fifteen hundred miles. Yeah, um, you know, uh, not exactly a travel partner, but it, it goes beyond recruiting and bowl games and coaches. They just they've lost their way. There's no who's Nebraska's rival. They don't have one. Right. They've got a contrived one with Iowa. Yeah. That have, it's like sold to a sponsor. You know, whatever. But there's no there there. So now that you're, we, you and I have talked before about the financial separation between the SEC and the Big Ten compared to everybody else. Might we see down the road ACC, Big 12, Pac-10 coaches now leaving if they are offered a chance at the two big conferences to go there because the money might be more? I don't think the disparity is going to be enough to say okay. that the division line is between those two conferences. I just thought of something today. Okay, we know the name for Nebraska right now. Kleiman uh, from Kansas State. Matt yeah. Campbell from Iowa State. There's uh, uh, Lance Leopold from Kansas. Is this the first indicator, uh, for, you know, through realignment, that these Big 12 teams aren't going to be able to compete? In other words, you know, Nebraska is a better job than Kansas. Is it a better job than Iowa State? You've been there, 
you know, I, I don't know. Can can Iowa State match what a Nebraska would be able to offer? And if not, what does that say about their ability to hire in the future? Because the Big 12, is, I don't know if people know this, has taken a giant haircut no matter what happens. That's right. Media rights, right? That's right. So is this the first indicator? That's a good, and again, that's a great point because they are going to take a giant haircut. And we've talked about that on the show. People think, oh, they opened up the new TV you know, negotiation. They're going to get more, they're not going to get more money. Pac 12 is not going to get more money. I mean, and the ACC is stuck through 2036 uh, with, with what right. they're doing. The way they can get more money is through the college football playoff. ESPN does have exclusive rights to it until the new one comes up. So what are the hurdles, Dennis, to making this happen in 24 and 25 as opposed to starting in 26? Mostly logistical uh, sites, hotel rooms. Um, it's already been published report that if they went early to 24 or 25, that the ESPN is, is contracted to pay $450 more million a year. Okay in those one or two years. So that's that's done, according to reports. Okay. I guess I would that. Right. The other stuff is, is is complicated. I was able to find out that the CFP commissioners have copies of the dates of the 25 and 26, I believe, playoffs. Those aren't even available. Those haven't been released to the public. Right. You can kind of do it yourself if you back backdate stuff, which I did for my story. But there's all kinds of complications. Beginning in, not beginning, yeah, beginning in early December, uh, NFL teams play Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Right. Well, when are you going to play some of these games? Um, you've got the issue of trying to sell 16 games again, which the commissioners thought they had done last June when they presented. But it looks even more daunting now with revenue sharing and collective bargaining on the horizon. That's another one, revenue distribution. I think eventually the players are going to have to get a team. Don't ask me how. Right. Um, I can offer opinions, but I think we all know they're going to get a team when it's worth, at a minimum per year, $1.5 billion. And that was going to be my next question about revenue yeah. distribution to the to the players. Kevin Warren, as to his credit, brought it up. Yeah. Right? Uh, how difficult is that going to be to achieve because there is not an entity that represents the players, at, at least at this hour. Well, to be very crass about it, I think you just come to a number where you can call it what you will, an appearance fee, uh, whatever, for uh, what would it be, the 1,200 players in the playoffs. That's 100. I'm just using 100 times 12. Right. And I, I've already written this. Let's say, let's say you give them $32,000. Okay. The math works out with, uh, with the total I just told you. That's about 2% of what the, the $1.5 billion. Not a lot, right? Right. Uh, you could do it. So whatever the number is, here, sign this and you won't sue us, or whatever the language is. I mean, that's how they do it with these conferences. The right. group of five is getting 22% now under the current deal. Basically, that was the number they settled on so those three foot five wouldn't say, hey, collusion, uh, monopoly, right. antitrust. You do the same thing with the players. Just for the playoffs. I mean, there's a separate discussion to be had you know, overall about compensating players. 
Do you feel like you're covering stuff now that maybe, you know, you probably thought you might down the road, but covering stuff now when it comes to stories like that, they... Well, I have been for a while. It's just the frequency of it. Yeah, the frequency, that yeah. It just rolls. It just comes in waves. Just right now, Steve, the SEC directed Oklahoma to postpone Georgia in 23 and Tennessee in 24 from their non-conference schedule. You know what that tells me? Right that Oklahoma is going to be in the SEC in 23 or 24, maybe as early as next year. Right. That's an indicator to me. Um, so, and, and so I got to make calls on that. What does that look like? And what, you know, what does that tell us about the Oklahoma and maybe even Texas ability to uh, somehow get its way, maybe financially a buyout to get out of the grant of rights? Uh, well, I think the new – uh, Big 12 commissioner Brett Yormark has been public about that that he would listen or try to facilitate something like that then it would just I don't know what the number is I have an idea but I'm not sure what the number is because there's an early exit penalty Yeah. and then there would have to be a negotiated buyout from the grant of rights because the grant of rights doesn't go away it goes on for what's this year four more years four more years three, yeah. three more years um, yeah and so there's no money figure attached to that. You'd have to be let out of that for for money. And I would suspect that would be nine figures, maybe, maybe not. But it would go down as time, you know, each year passes. But that would be a a discussion to be to be had as well. Yeah, I thought Maryland was like fifty million or something like that. Yeah, when and they it got was, out of the uh, ACC. And it was fine. They financed. Um, you remember Rutgers? And I don't know if this is the same thing. Rutgers was grandfathered in to the point where they don't get a full share until 2027. Well, that's, Rutgers borrowed, yes, <laughs> borrowed the Big Ten yep. against future earnings because they were so upside down. In the I have mentioned that. I have mentioned 2027 yeah. with Rutgers finally being fully vested many times on the show. <laughs> along yeah, the way, somebody, somebody got hold of a document. This is this is big news. The document that it was given to Rutgers. It said by 27. You'll be big ten teams will be earning fifty seven million dollars a year. Well that's out the window, isn't it? Right. I mean the price of poker's gone up just a little bit more since then. Unreal. We're talking about monopoly money. It's amazing. Yep. <laughs> Dennis, always a pleasure. Love talking about this stuff with you because you know it so well. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. All right, Steve. Thank you. Dennis Todd, CBS Sports. Uh, Brad Nessler next half hour. All these people will not be talking about Aaron Judge. I mean, just just so you know. It's... Yeah, that's okay. Well, no, I mean, he's like, God, he, look, he would look good in the blue and orange. Don't you think? Doesn't have to move. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. All I have to do is, like, say one sentence. And you then you spend hours thinking about it. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I'd rather hit home runs into Monument Park than hit a home run and have a disgusting apple pop out every time. But that's just me. Depends on that apple's paying you thirty six million a year or not. You don't think money rules in this. You think it's like 
We have a chance to win. No, I know, I know, money rules. Pinstripes. It's like no, it's about cash. Come on. No, but I'm but I'm saying is he's he's going to use the money. He'll take the money. There's no questions. Number one, but he'll also use it as an example to wheeze a lout of being in the criticism of the pinstripes from a underachieving team and then go somewhere else. That's why I think he could go. Of course, it's for the money, but it's also a way for him to weasel out of an underachieving season. For the team, that is. Not him, of course. You're a bit emotional today. All right, so. Oh, wait, that's every day. (laughs) Oh, my almighty! You ever hear me complain about a guy leaving the Red Sox for more money? Um, no. Why? All right, back with more in a moment here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury. And Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the... Mm. Out of auto repair. Welcome back. Great to have you with us. Brad Nessler, next half hour. Then Andy Burcham in the uh, final half hour. All right. Play by play voice of Auburn. Matt thinks that Aaron Judge will return to the Yankees just to win. <laughs> He's going to be 31 in May. It's whomever gives him the most payola. And it very well might be the Yankees. Now he's going to stay up all night thinking about this. Won't you? 